Right, let's rock. Hello and welcome to It's In The Genes podcast, a podcast by The Digital Gene. See, I can't say Digital Gene with these. Oh, geez. I won't call them Invisaligns, but because I'll, my friends. Not the BBC, we can say brand names. It's just they're not the same as Invisalign, and a couple of my friends have called them knockoff Invisaligns, which. I would think not for that price. I know, I know, I know, but jealousy is a terrible disease, Mum, it really is. Um, <laughs> My name is Declan. And I'm Sharon. And we're a mum and son duo and directors from the Digital Gene. See, again, we will be discussing some breaking news today, which Prince Philip has died, vaccine Mm -hmm. updates, Seaspiracy, The Circle, the Bet365 boss, hybrid working, again, touching on that. I saw that you put that in and I thought, she put that in again. Um... And then we're also going to introduce a bit more of a businessy section um, where we're going to focus on like some challenges, some funny anecdotes, all that kind of thing. I have no idea what it's going to be called, um, even if we're going to name it. But for this one, a lot that over the last two weeks we've been discussing what our first hire is going to look like and what, the, what those challenges are going to be. Um, so, yeah, that's us. How are you? How am I? I'm glad it's Friday. It's been a been a very busy week. Um, quite a lot of challenges this week, work wise, but we've got through it. We've got through it. Yeah, and we've got some brilliant projects on the go and some excellent projects in discussion, potential discussion. So, yeah, but just glad it's Friday. And actually, I'm really glad it's Friday because, as you know, Declan. I've not had any goodies since Sunday, Monday, sorry. So a bit of context when um, I went home. withdrawal. <laughs> so I went home for um, Easter Sunday and we were chatting around the table on Easter Monday after we'd had a massive fry up about how we'd all kind of like let ourselves go. A bit. Yeah, after we'd had the full English breakfast that your dad makes. We'd had it for brunch, hadn't we? Yeah. And we were kind of chatting about it and we were saying how this, especially this third lockdown, we'd all felt like we'd really let ourselves go. Um, and we were like, why don't we try kickstart and really go for it, dieting-wise? So I would... Oh, diet. I hate the word diet. Well, it, it, what you're, you've been doing the last four days as a diet, Mum. <laughs> oh, I've, I, I've been... It's even more than a diet. What is it? A purge. Um, a, a detox, a detox. Um, but so, Mum has been eating. You thought pot- I wouldn't do it. You thought I pot- wouldn't do it this week. Pot- can I get a word out? Mum has been eating porridge, soup, and chicken and veg. That's your three meals, isn't it? Nothing else. <laughs> My last piece of chocolate was Monday. So for me to actually go four full days without any, although it's not going to be four complete days because I am actually going to have a treat this evening. Um, I'm coming off it. Actually, I felt okay apart from today. I woke up early this morning as if I had a hangover. 
And I was chuckling to myself in bed and then said to your dad once he was awake that I felt like it was a sugar withdrawal side effect. Um, and he actually agreed. <laughs> I mean, obviously, sugar is in everything, isn't it? So it'll have still been in some of those things that I've been eating to some degree in the porridge and in the cup of soups, but obviously minimal sugar. Haven't actually been, <clears throat> I've had no carbs, no um, bread, no potatoes, no rice, just literally a piece of roast chicken breast and vegetables on the side on an evening. I'm going to make this whole podcast episode about oh, Christ, no. not no. having any sugar, but I've actually put in my request this evening for what I want. Do you know what it is? Yeah, you told me tomato garlic. What to be a takeaway tomato garlic bread, garlic dip, and some potato wedges. Put it all back on air. Eh? And, and I'm wondering if my stomach has shrunk any because I won't be able to eat it all. It's been four days. You're so dramatic. Four all days. I'm, That's I'm, like I'm, prison food. Actually, somebody commented probably it's the food's better in prison than that. Not that I know. And I'm not dissing anybody who is in prison or anything like that for the purpose of the podcast. Um, but, yeah, it was hard. It was hard. Yesterday, yesterday and today... Can I get a word? Yesterday and today actually hasn't been too bad, but today all I've been thinking is that end goal of that tomato garlic bread tonight. I keep... Um, all I've had is messages all week at about 7 o'clock from my mum saying that she's going to bed because... <laughs> What's the what's the point in being up if you can't eat anything? <laughs> so no. I've gone to bed as a way to keep my... I mean, the house is covered in Easter eggs. Um, you know, you and your brother got... It seemed like you got a fair few this year. So, um, and obviously... Well, there. His eggs are laid around. I got three, and they're still there untouched. Um, my Easter tart that I made, we've been giving it out to everybody who would like a piece, so it's almost gone. Grandma's Easter chocolate cake that she made is still there wrapped up. Um, and the gin trifle had to go out because obviously we couldn't touch that anymore. So there was quite a lot of waste happened. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to kickstart my, get myself back. Nothing fits me. And I know that I'm not alone. Lockdown leisure wear with the elasticated waists. But yeah, I'm just trying to, trying to do something because I know that I'm going to be full-on fed up of my frumpy self um, once I start going out out if I don't well, get what I've just said in um, my when we were just chatting a little bit before a press record, I'm, of course I'm excited about restrictions lifting and I'm not anxious, like, I'm not like anxious about doing things and seeing people I just I mean I guess I kind of I've always struggled with self-esteem problems and I just feel that I feel disgusting I can almost feel myself wanting to put my head down when I see not my friends but like acquaintances I can almost feel like I want to put my head down in the street because I just feel so embarrassed about how well you actually I mean it was so lovely to see you on Easter Sunday, seeing you in person. You actually didn't look any different since Christmas, seeing you in person. But I, yeah. I know that's it, all of these feelings are all feelings, I think, that we're, many of us have 
are experiencing because of what's happened to us all. Um, you know, any sort of things that you normally suffer with, I guess, are exacerbated slightly because of being locked in. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing it's been strange for us all. None of us have ever had to go through this. But for me, on the bright side, I actually commented on somebody's LinkedIn post today was asking what we're looking forward to next week. And for me, it's browser and nails appointment next week. Mine is, mine is hair. Mine is, mine is hair and hair and brows next week and the gym. That's what I'm excited for. Well, I couldn't, as you know, I couldn't get my hair into the week after. And honestly, that cannot come quick enough. I'm so glad we video in this podcast because well yeah we keep saying that we are going to do video podcasts um we're going to do like a raw unedited unedited version on our youtube channel but we are putting it off we will probably do it the next recording is meant to be the 22nd will your hair be done by then just just a day two days before no so that'll be our first well um, depending on whether my hair turns out okay after all of this time i'm sure it will i'm sure it will so, um, we shall we move on to some topics today then? We should. Mum and I were very kindly recently asked to be on another podcast in Business Talks too. The hosts, Tracy and Ian Earl, are a husband and wife team and they speak to other couples or related or friends or different combinations of two people that work in business together. They very kindly sent me the trailer to their podcast, which I'm going to play now. You can check it out on Spotify and make sure you listen to our episode. Hello and welcome to In Business Talks 2, a weekly podcast about people who work together as a couple. Learn the secrets of business partnerships, the benefits and pitfalls of working together. Be it husband and wife, father and son, mother and daughter, friends, relatives or any other combination of business partnerships. We are your hosts, Tracy and Ian Earl, founders of In Business, a networking and business support community. And together we we are are In Business. As well as speaking with other couples, we'll let you know of any useful business apps and websites out there that our members have come across and shared with us in our regular weekly online meetings. Plus, we'll tell you about our special bonus episode coming up this Friday. It's called our Friday Fix. So be sure to listen all the way through to the end to find out more. Um, obviously, the big breaking news today... Literally, probably is it two hours, maybe an hour after. Um, I almost felt like we should cancel out of a, a mark of respect, but I thought that's a bit dramatic because um, they've cancelled everything on TV tonight. So oh, they? they're doing a tribute. Well, Gogglebox is cancelled, which I'm fuming about. But no, let's be serious a second. Okay. Prince Philip has died at 99. Obviously, we know he's had ongoing health battles recently in hospital. Um, and regardless of what you think of the monarchy and regardless of what you think of what he's said in the past, I personally think he served this country for all of his life 
pretty much. Um, he was in the Navy during World War Two, so actively served in defending us. Um, and he's been a rock to the Queen for, is it 70-something years? And I just think the the personal, taking looking at the personal side of it, for somebody to lose a husband and a partner of that long is just, I can't even imagine that grief. And she will still have to be strong as well. Because she's yeah, still continuing to be the rock that she's always been for everybody else. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we, we, regardless of what anybody thinks of the monarchy, whether they, you know, if they're not supporters of it, if they think we shouldn't have it, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, the fact that you know she has given service to us for all this time and for such a long time, well, all of that time as well, Philip's been by her side. Yes, I know we, we've all heard over the decades that they had their marital problems. But then what marriage doesn't? Yeah. Um, it's just that hers is a bit more, well, a lot more in the public eye for what, what does get filtered out to us. Um, but obviously they've had a very long and happy marriage in many senses, haven't they? Because I guess she would never, they would never have got divorced. They've had to make it work. And that, that says a lot, doesn't it, about, you know, if you get into the topic of how easily we can separate from a marriage they've actually had to make it work. And I wonder if that has enabled it actually working because they've had to work hard at it. Um, as you know, I'm a big believer in marriage and I, I do always say that it's not easy. You know, your dad and I have been together 32 years and it isn't easy. So for them to have been each other's support and each other's rock, regardless of who they are all that time, Kudos to them. So it is sad. I felt like it's it's like somebody's granddad dying, isn't it? Mm. It, it feels like. I mean, of course, he's not our granddad, but yeah, it feels like yeah, like when an older gener- an older person in a family dies, and it's kind of like that matriarch patriarch that they are, like the king of the family, kind of goes it's like Captain Tom. It's like when Captain Tom went. You know, it's that. It's that figurehead, isn't it? Um, and, yeah, it's, it's just, it is sad. I, I'd loved him to have got to 100. When, was yeah. his birth, when would his birthday have been? Uh, let me have a look. I'll Google it. I actually saw the news before even Sky picked it up. I, was, I happened to be on Twitter and the palace tweeted saying, and I was looking, so I went straight onto Sky News and they were talking about something, or oh, the the potential summer holidays thing. Um, his birthday was June, so he wasn't that far off, really. No. Because um, I always think, I always think, for anybody to reach the grand old ripe age of a hundred is a massive achievement. Yeah. yeah. So, he only actually, did you know? You only I didn't really realize this. He only retired from royal duties in 2017. Yeah, because wasn't it, wasn't it after that where he caught pneumonia or something? I don't know. He's been he'd been ill before. He was ill in twenty twelve during the um, golden or diamond jubilee. Was that when he was sat on that barge, or there was some... yeah, and it was pouring down. Yeah, yeah, and I thought for anybody, both of them, the ages that they are, sat out in those in in that weather all for all that day. I, I remember us actually sitting there and thinking, God, how cold must they be? Yeah. 
but he was 96 and completed 22,219 solo engagements since 1952. So, for all you say about whatever, you know, he, he did a lot for this country. Um, well, he, his, his, his biggest role was actually in supporting the Queen, wasn't it? So, yeah. and I know, wonder, a massive wrench for her when somebody's been by your side all of those years. It's, it's, it's a it's a strange thought about what they're going to do for the funeral because normally you would think it would be a state funeral, but obviously with all the COVID restrictions, I'm not sure they'll be able to have a full on. How many is it at a funeral at the minute? Well, the actual funeral I think is thirty now, but I mean, kind of like. Wouldn't the parade? Wouldn't they parade his body along? Well, yeah, state funeral, but maybe maybe that might suit them just to have a very small family funeral because they, you know, the COVID regulations. Maybe that might actually suit them to keep it really private, and then maybe do something to celebrate his life afterwards. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe we'll have a Prince Philip Day. <laughs> Well, yeah, apparently we were going to get a bank holiday if we'd got to 100 as well. Not that. I don't know, it's like, yeah. It's just so. it's just sad when anybody, somebody who's part of the fixtures for such a long time in everybody's lives, and I know we always used to love it, you know, when he went on a rant about something, because he literally is like your granddad or your, your old uncle coming out and saying his bit, and you're like, oh, my God, what's he going to say next? There's always one of those in the family, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, he was very much a product of his time, whether that's right or wrong. But he was, um, was your age? You know, he has actually tried to do his bit to modernise the royal family as well. So, yeah, it's it's a bad day. But to see all the news stations go to like, I think this morning was cancelled. ITV went to the news. Everything went to the news. You realise quite how big it's going to be when. The Queen goes, don't it's you? Goes, I know, bless her. Mm. They're like, well, we'll probably have like a week of national mourning, won't we? Oh, I can't, but as as you know, I'm a I'm a big fan of Liz. <laughs> um, I think just her demeanour, her temperament, how she conducts herself, everything. I just think she's amazing. Mm. Um, and. Yeah, that'll be a massive wrench, I think, for this country. Oh, I've said I think this country will go through quite a bit of an identity. And the only way I feel that this country will be able to recover quickly from such a big loss would be if William was king. Well, speaking of the royal, the younger royals, I wonder how long it takes until some of the press... Blame the Meghan and Harry situation. Oh, for the stress. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Right, well, that's our respects paid, I guess. The next thing, um, vaccine updates. Obviously, we've had all sorts this week saying that um, the damage, the potential, uh, the very... Help me get my words out, Mum. The very small risk of blood clots with the AstraZeneca vaccine, um, and it is very small indeed, and I hope that it doesn't 
derail the success of the vaccine rollout. The UK now, I tweeted earlier, let me find this. The UK now has the lowest COVID-19 infection rate in the whole of Europe, and that is down to, yes, we have been in lockdown, but if you look around, the lockdown hasn't been anywhere near as strict as the first one. So really, you put that down to it, the vaccine, the vaccine's working. So, um, yeah, it's it's a very small risk, but I, I was praying the other day after that, after that press conference, I was like, please, the British press, get something right and please report it in the sense that... In a favourable light, you know... Yeah, it's, it's, it's four in a million. Like, you are more... There's women on contraception, on contraceptive medication that have a much higher, much higher risk of blood clots. Well, uh, like me being on HRT... Now, has that got a risk of blood? the risks that are involved taking HRT, I had to weigh those up. And, you know, there's been quite a lot of research done now that it protects you a lot in, again, some things that could be more detrimental to your health. Um, I know there's, you know, lots of things said about the risks for breast cancer. But really, you've just got to, you've always got to try and weigh things up in context. Well, somebody also said, you know, have you, have you read this? Have you ever read the side effects on the on the paracetamol um, leaflet? You know, there's some. I think there's like what one in one in a mid, like a really rare, but it's like liver failure and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, I mean, they've got to put it because you know there have been the very rare cases of of that happening. So they've got to they've got to you know pub- publish that. In the because they they're, they're aware of that, so they couldn't could not hide those facts. But let's face it, what do we all pump into ourselves on a daily basis? Exactly. You know, exactly. I, I mean, I would say a lot of lot of we don't really pay much attention to to the stuff that's in in things that we're eating, we're drinking, we're using on our body, skincare, shower gel. You know, like how far do you want to go? Mm. You know, do we do we look at the far ends of a fart about everything? No, we don't. We so, like you're def- so you're definitely going to get your second dose then? Oh, without doubt. I mean, obviously, you know, I was, you know, I, I had the regular flu jab for the first time in many years at the back end of last year. And I was wary about that because we, we spoke last time, didn't we, about my um, terrible run-in with Tamiflu in 2009 stroke 2010. Um you know, my reaction to that actually hospitalised me. So it, it is very scary. These things do happen. But you've got to weigh up the pros and cons. Um, and the risks are very minimal. And I think there's more risk of you catching it and dying from it than actually something going wrong with the vaccine. Yeah. You know, the levels, the levels that the... The levels that it was at before... How scary was that? Mm. How scary was that? And then when we all, as it fed through, like the back end of last year and the beginning of this year, when it started to feed through, where we actually all knew people who had it, who'd been ill. You mm. know, in the very first lockdown, we were like saying, do you know anybody who's had it? Have you heard? And it was, no, a lot, wasn't it? And then mm. as, as the momentum built and built and built, and then we started actually hearing people. And then you actually started hearing somebody say, oh, well, so-and-so died of it. Oh, so also got took in hospital. She was really poorly. 
oh, do you, do, have you heard how she is? She's not well at all. You started hearing more about it, didn't you? So then it become, you know, more in your face every day and got really quite frightening. Mm. I don't want to go back to those times, do we? We know we know it's always going to be around, but we've actually got something that can fight against it now. We don't want to be back in those dark times. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Second, second vaccine for me. Um, Grandma's booked in for her second vaccine next week. She was Pfizer, though, wasn't she? She was, yeah. 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 But she's booked in for her second as well. She couldn't wait when she when she got the text. She came running in saying, "Will you sort this for me?" So she's booked for next Friday, and I think grand, your other grandma's had hers or about to have it this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it's getting more positive. Hopefully, even with that little blip. But what I find fascinating is because we're so COVID, 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 COVID. We're so kind of like. A microscope and the 24-hour news cycle is constantly on coronavirus. So when you hear this kind of thing about there's going to be a press conference about what side effects it might have, you know, everyone's watching it. Like, everyone's so tuned into it, I'm thinking, because there's nothing else to be tuned into. Um, And I also find it, this is how science works as well. You know, four in a million people and the and they've held a press conference over it. That just goes to show, like, how rigorous it, it is all. That not just getting to the point where we got a vaccine, but afterwards as well, the, the aftercare and the science that's done. So we just have to trust science, and it will get us out of this mess, I'm sure. Science is pretty amazing, isn't it? It is. It is. How, yeah. how, there, how are there are people that don't believe in science? Just... Yeah. yeah. So talking about science, let's move on to Seaspiracy. So you haven't watched it, have you? I haven't watched it, no, I haven't had a chance yet. Oh, I'm like, oh, I'm never eating fish again. Never. Oh, that's what fish. you were talking about when you were home, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And now I've started to read the like counter counter arguments, counter articles about how things in it. There was one saying, oh, the 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 ocean will be empty of fish in 2048. Um, but a lot that was using data that's like 15 years old, whereas since that data was published, a lot of a lot of fisheries around the world are doing their best to um, really monitor and and make sure that they're only taking what they can take and all those kind of things. So, but a lot of a lot of it for me was kind of the plastic things and how that that garbage patch in the pacific ocean like nearly 50 percent of that is how big is that how big is that patch meant to be do you know i'm sure we've chatted about it around the dinner table before 1.6 million square kilometers i don't know even know what that equates to look um it covers the approximate size an area twice the size of Texas and three times the size of France. Bloody hell. I know, it's grim, isn't it? It didn't really mean anything to me, but when you said three times the size of France. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty grim, isn't it? God. Why is it affected there like that? We're the disease. If there's a disease in this world, it's humans. Yeah. Why is it all collected in one place like that, Dex? Currents move and they're kind of, it's just like they go in a circle around the Pacific and it, it's just 
they hold it there. Um, yeah. So, well, you know, like if you dropped a bottle in certain places and the, you could see where the currents would take it. Yeah. it does, it's like a big circle in the Pacific that takes, oh, if we get really scientific, brings, hang on, brings Arctic and Antarctic cold and nutritious waters close to the equator and then circles them back round. Um, See, I knew you'd know that stuff. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, it was quite funny when I watched it because he was saying, oh, um, his fascination with the ocean started with whales and dolphins and all that kind of thing. And I thought, oh, that sounds a bit like, bit like me. Yeah. Um, who was that? Who were you talking about? The guy who made the documentary. I don't know his name. Uh, but it's a big thing in the zeitgeist at the minute. Everyone seems to be watching it. And So, so are, you, are you definitely not eating any more fish? Um, I mean, I don't really eat a lot of it anyway. Um, I will definitely be more mindful. But I would, I, well, I could sit here and be like, oh, I'd be more mindful of how much fish I eat. But I couldn't tell you the last time I ate fish anyway. Probably a fish finger sandwich. Um, <laughs> like, is, that, is that eating fish? <laughs> well, I think they are. Um, but there are there are veggie alternatives now, like vegan calamari, vegan YouTube. Oh, we were talking about that blossom... Blossom fruit. Blossom something. fruit, weren't we, when you were home at Easter? Because there's a local um, fish shop that's that's actually selling that as a, as a vegan alternative, and the reviews have been amazing. Yeah. So maybe that's worth a try. Yeah. I mean, but it always feels... I, I think a lot of these things, it almost just feels like... It's just a habit, you know, like, or what you could eat corn mince with your chili, but I've just bought turkey because I always have done. It's almost like just breaking a habit with these things. You probably won't remember this because I always laugh. We ate corn for many, many years when you were young, when you were small. I don't know what the hell happened because I don't remember you eating corn. Yeah, we did. That must just have been bad. No, it went on for quite a few years. We used to use the corn mints a lot when we were making chili and bolognese. Um, and I don't, I don't know what happened. Mm. And I, to be honest, I, I could, I could go quite a lot without meat. I mean, I love chicken. I don't believe you at all. I don't. Look, the fry up we had on. Would you have yeah, a bed? Was in a blue moon. The last time we had one of those was Christmas. No, no, well, I don't, yeah, I don't actually think we, as a family we eat. I never have steaks. We could go, we could, we could go a long time without any red meat. It's not, we, we eat lots of chicken. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll maybe have red meat once a week. As a, you know, if we were doing a chili or a bolognese or something like that, um, but yeah, we don't eat a lot of red meat. But then I also worry about the chickens. You know, sometimes I, I always try quite a lot when I'm shopping to buy the best chicken that I, I can afford to buy. Mm. But you still wonder. I mean, when you watch those programs where they say, "Oh, actually, it's all from the same place," 
But then when you do get some really nice chicken, you can tell the difference. <laughs> you can tell the difference. Um, I remember when I the, when I occasionally buy a whole chicken to cook for a roast dinner, and I, you know I, I buy an organic farmed one, whatever they are, um, and you can they tell the difference. They've had the run of the they've had the run of the of the whatever. You can tell the difference. They do taste different. Yeah. But yeah, we've we've got to make decisions and choices about what we're going to do for the future, haven't we? Yeah, we do, we do. But I think you've kind of got to you've got to educate and inform, kind of like what I say on social media for people and clients in the past, and then let people kind of make their own decisions. But you've also kind of got to stop. Um, subsidising some of these industries, mm. the subsidies that some the subsidies that some industries get when they only kind of like the fishing industry gets loads of subsidies and it's like it's only like two percent of GDP. I think they should stop. You know, if something isn't profitable, why should they subsidise it? Mm. You know, we all come up with business plans that work, but then some industries just get loads of funding just to make sure they exist still um doesn't doesn't work i don't get that but yeah anyway so the next topic was um the circle so this was only quite brief but i don't watch it and neither does mum so we're going to be like well what on earth have you two got to say about the circle but i was at home i said to mum i said do you watch it because she likes reality tv she was like no no that's even too young for me and I was like, well, you are the youngest at heart parent ever, I think, I've ever met. And, you know, not far off. Um, and you can say it, Declan, I don't mind. Keep fuming. When we did the guest pod, when we were guests on another podcast, I said, oh, mum's got a big birthday coming up. And she was fuming. Um, yeah, I haven't got it coming up. I don't mind you saying that I'm not too far away from 60. And that is the case. I'll be 58 in May. So after that, I've got two years until I reach that next big milestone. But you don't you don't have to say it. You don't have to whisper it. I'm it's all right, Mum. I'm, I'm hurtling towards 30, but I expect, oh. you to, I expect you to whisper that. So, yeah. Anyway, so what I thought was why, why what I wanted to get out of you is why is the circle even too young for you? I don't know whether Too Young was the... So the only bits that I've watched of it is via Gogglebox. Um, I maybe think your dad and I might have chanced on it by mistake once. Um, and maybe even your grandma was sat in the room at the time. We were all just staring at the TV screen as if to say, what the hell is this? Mm. Um, because I don't, I don't get it. And when I don't get things like that, I always think generationally that's the problem and that's when I said to you when you were home at the weekend maybe it's just a bit too young for me because I'm not in that I'm I'm not in that world um and I just don't get it and I just don't see how it's fun I think it's it is a load of trash basically yeah so if you want to explain a little bit more about the premise of it to me I don't even, I don't read, I struggle with 
put it in the show notes to talk about it, and none of us know. No, but I struggle because um, what am I saying? I struggle because of things that are on nightly. I just can't. I can't get away with things that are on every night anymore. I just don't have the kind of. I wouldn't say attention span. I just don't have the want to watch something that's on every single night of the week. Which oh, you used to watch Love Island or Big Brother, though. No, but I've gone off Love Island and stuff in the last couple of years. Oh, you've grown up now. Well, I just used to, like, even I'm a celeb, I don't watch that every night either. I just think that's like, but so, you and Dad loved it in Wales. But. So the premise of it, it sees each contestant move into a newly refurbished block of flats in Salford, of all places, and yeah. handed the keys to their own apartment. None of the show's participants have ever met one another in person. Instead, they communicate by a specially designed social media app. The platform is completely voice activated, meaning the contestants speak to one another through the app rather than face to face. The game means that each person can be can pretend to be whatever and whoever they want. So isn't it isn't it just social media? <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it is. Yeah. But that, what I don't get, the bits that I've seen is where somebody's pretending to be something else and I'm just like, what's the point? Mm. What's the point? Like, I, I caught a bit where one of the girls was pretending to be a guy chatting up one of the other girls and mm. going on a first date with her. So they were doing this first date via via the app. And I thought, oh, that's a bit, little bit close to home, like being groomed. I almost felt like she was being groomed because... <laughs> She was actually saying, you know, how nice it was to be tret that way. And she's never been on a virtual date where she's been tret and spoken to that way. What and the I was, hell? I was like, oh, God, I know it's a game, but that's almost like how somebody would be groomed, <laughs> pretending, to be, pretending to be somebody they're not and going on a date. So straight away I felt a little bit uncomfortable about that because I thought, what signals is that giving out to, to youngsters about how they can pretend to be whoever they want online and also enables them to be tricked themselves. So I didn't, I didn't like that aspect of it. And then, so yeah, so then I just lost interest and just thought it was rubbish. Basically, in a nutshell. Right, well, people come here for insightful um, chat about something and we've just managed to give five minutes on a programme neither of us have even watched, so... So well, have, I've just told you, I did tune in and I tuned straight out because <laughs> literally that I, I, I felt uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable about that aspect of it and I just thought, why? And I just wonder how some of these shows, and, and I know culturally some of them, you know, it's like how culturally everybody, all the kids have flocked to TikTok. Um, and I get that. I get that these things happen for a reason and, you know, everybody starts watching them. It's like in the summer when everybody used to watch Love Island. Um, I always felt like I was the oldest person ever that loved Love Island. I almost like to say it was my guilty pleasure. But as you know, I love all of that people watching stuff because that's that's what it is. You know, it's like it's like with the, the Married at First Sight Australia franchise that I've been, you know, just binging binging and soaking up because I love it um because I just love looking in on relationships and seeing seeing how they pan out and that's that's what it all is it's just it's just that extra level of people watching we all love people watching sitting outside a cafe you know a a nice pavement cafe with a coffee or a glass of wine 
watching people go by. Well, this is just that next step, having that insight into their relationships. And some programs for me do it really, really well. So far, the circle just made me feel like it was rubbish and a bit uncomfortable. Hence, not bothered with it anymore. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should give it another try. But there's it, there's enough stuff that I like to watch without trying to plug it a bit further. You know, get into a bit further. That's mm. my two penneth, as we say. But yeah, maybe saying I was a bit old for it wasn't the right thing. Maybe, maybe I just don't get it. But as you know, my brain works pretty on the young side. I do. So. So it was unusual that I didn't get it. And you don't like it either, so there you go. Both, you know, coming at it from both aspects of, of the gener- two different generations that we represent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's been just over a year since the first UK lockdown. Initially, we thought it'd only be three weeks, Oh, how that seems incredibly optimistic a year later. Maybe even delusional. We found ourselves in yet another lockdown. It wasn't just a temporary blip. The world and the way businesses are run have changed forever. There's a new blog post on our website addressing this. Six business lessons learned in the pandemic. Check it out now at thedigitalgene.co.uk. Let's move on again. We're rattling through these topics today. So the next one is the Bet365 Bet boss. So Denise Coates has paid herself an eye-watering $468 million in the 12 months to March last year and in, is what, in what is believed is the largest ever payday for a FTSE 100 CEO. Um, as well as a share of a $95 million dividend. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Alongside the payout, they did lose, uh, they did have a decline in revenue, bet 365, um, but from, it, from its core sports and gaming business of 2.8 billion, pre tax profits dropped 83% to 137 million. Um, so, but there's been quite a lot of backlash um, about the salary she's managed to take during a pandemic. And, yeah. but, is it one of those things where she can't help that she's been successful? <laughs> like, more and more, it, she said that init- obviously sports had stopped initially, but as they went on, as the lockdown lifted a bit and sports were allowed, more and more people were apparently gambling. And I don't know, it might be sad actually because people could be gambling because they're, they're losing out financially due to the pandemic. There's all sorts of, like, grey area in this. Um, and I just thought we would discuss and I'd get your thoughts on it because I I'd, I, question somebody making profit off people's gambling addictions, but haven't people always gambled? Yeah, I guess they have. Um... I bet Pete, the ancient old, I mean, didn't, if we're talking biblical, didn't Jesus throw that thing in the table because people were gambling on on? Oh, when he, when he went mad in the temple because of, of all the things that were going on inside, mm. the selling and the betting and, yeah. 
So I want to know that, like, it might, that's probably not true. Are going back to Jesus? No, no. Well, well, actually, I've been all over. We've been, I've been really discussing my Catholic primary school because there was a tweet, a TikTok, and a guy was playing 10 songs that went off in primary school. And it was like Autumn Days. Um, what else was it? Um, oh. This is a digress, digression. Was but digress, like, There was one that you always used to sing. Was it about Pharaoh? No, that's that was from a that was from the nativity. I mean, like assembly songs that we always use. Assembly sing. songs. So, mm. like, um, there was yeah a TikTok, and I was like, God, oh, that literally took me back to Saint Bernadette's. Mm. Oh. You know, mm. More step along the world, I go. Do you remember that one? I do. When you start singing it, I'm all, I'm already starting rocking there. Water of life and autumn days is a tune, absolute autumn tune. Days are... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was the other ones? Let's have a little sing along. <laughs> this little light of mine, love that one. Just give us a line of that. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. <laughs> And then the top one was, oh no, the top two was Give Me Oil in My Lamp. Do you remember that one? I don't. Give me oil in my lamp. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, well, I've never heard it like that. Is it no? <laughs> like um, The Office, isn't it? Keep me working till the break of day. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. It's that one, isn't it? And then the top one was Shine, Jesus, Shine. How does that go again? Start me off. Hang on, let me put this TikTok on. So yeah, this week it's been. I've been talking about primary school loads. My God, what a digression! Um, yeah. How did how did we get? Oh, you said from biblical times, people always make always betting and gambling and yeah, yeah. So people have always bet and gambled um, and. I don't know. It's 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 a hard. You're asking her when they they always come out with the formulations of like this is a thousand times more than the prime minister earns, and you think, well, actually, no, because all of our prime ministers have other business interests. Well, you know, they don't. They do. Well, they have to kind of temporarily give them up. Yeah, I know they temporarily give them up or whatever it is they do, but you know, trying to compare it to that, I just think. Well, yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't think Prime Ministers have paid enough in this country, but that's a... Well, I don't, actually, especially not in this year, regardless of who it is. But um, but has, has she actually come out and made any comment about how she feels on being able to take that kind of salary? I don't think so. Um, she's... Mrs. Miss Coates Power is one of the long line of bumper paydays for the 53-year-old who, together with her father, Peter Coates, and her brother, John, was 16th on last year's Sunday Times Rich List. They have a combined fortune of seven billion. People just love gambling, don't they? Right. And I suppose if, if she wasn't doing it, somebody else would be. What we don't hear about is we have no idea about 
what what she maybe does for charity or we don't we don't know we're only seeing that one piece of information in isolation yeah and i just think if your business is doing well and it's profitable who cares yeah as long as you pay your taxes yeah as long as you pay your taxes as long as you're not breaking any laws um and your business is profitable your employees are all well looked after all your bills are paid what's left over at the end of the day is yours to take i, I just don't get why people have an issue um and i also think as i said in isolation we have no idea what she does um does with her money you know very much like george michael bless his soul we had no idea what that guy did with all of his money till after he died because he wasn't interested in you know saying how good am i this is what i do you know he, he gave millions away to charities to all sorts of things didn't he Mm. Uh, so so using that in, in isolation to say it's pure greed and whatever yeah that's how it always goes i think some of it smacks of of uh somebody's always trying to out somebody somebody's always trying to give a go have a go at somebody and i think us brits have been world renowned for bringing people down when they're successful yeah i would guess that company and and you know i don't gamble never have I think sometimes I've done the odd sweepstake for the Grand National. Um, <laughs> I buy the odd raffle ticket to support, you know, good causes. I'm not a gambler. I don't really know much. I, I, you know, I've heard over the years how badly people can become addicted to gambling, like many other forms of addiction. Um, but there are businesses for everything in this world, aren't they? And if it's lawful, if the business is lawful, then how is it anybody's problem that they've made such a great amount of money? I think that I think tax back in the into the economy must be must be great for us. I think the gambling sector is also trying to clean its act up as well. Like I remember, I mean, I very rarely gamble, but they ask you certain security questions now. I think they stop you from spending too much on a day. You can put strict budgets in. You can do all that. So I think they are trying to. People obviously do get addicted to it, and I remember Dad mentioning to me before that he's had he's known people who've pretty much ruined their lives over a gambling addiction. But people, you know, if you're an addict, if you've got an addictive personality, you find like addictions come. But it's a lawful business. Yeah, it's not like she's made it from drugs or a den of iniquity or anything, is it? It's a lawful. It's a lawful business. So, and if if that the business has done has done that well and like i say i'd be interested to know you know what what good what um what do they call it there's a phrase for it you know what it what the business actually does for the good of the communities that it exists in um there's nothing being reported about that has they yeah so it's it's that balance isn't it let's hear some if there's some good stuff to be told about to be shared about the business that you know good stuff that it does in the community or maybe it gives some but how do we know that it doesn't give money back to some gambling or addiction charities we don't know so let's balance these things out but if a business does well why shouldn't business owners be rewarded yeah yeah there's my two pennies again i don't think we'll ever make money like that at the digital gene but no it would be nice or would it i don't know i don't know Anyway, 
So the last thing is what you put. Oh no, there was. We need to get to the business. What should I call it? Like the business bit. <laughs> business bits. And we talked about bits before in some. Sort of... Oh, you have. You said smash your back doors in the last. Oh, episode. I did. That was it. What was I? What was I relating it to? Putting in the back door, and you just went. That sounds like Keith Lemon, and I thought, my god. Well, you uh, know what I was talking about straight away, didn't you? I did. But you put remote work and stuff in again. Yeah, I know we keep and I know we keep talking about it, but obviously it is a it is a keen topic of uh conversation because you know everything we do is being governed by being locked in and working from home and the pandemic and COVID, all those words. And I just think it's interesting when, you know, news keeps popping up about it and, and that it's gonna be called hybrid working now. It'll be the new normal. Um, and some of the companies in in um, an article via the BBC's website are deciding, you know, what they're actually going to do. And I just think it's it's made lots of businesses sort of regroup and think how best they can spend their money. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've said it before, um, and we actually say it on our about us page on you know on our website, like good work is good work regardless of where you sit actually doing it. Yeah, um, you don't need a big swanky office to do deliver good work for your clients. Um, some businesses all, will always need a base or some sort of a base, but I think it's made lots of businesses sort of look inwards and sort of think mostly how can they cost save, but not only not only that, but um, how it benefits their their employees really of having those choices of whether. They want to work in the office, whether they want to work from home or whether they want to mix it up in this this new version of hybrid working. So I think it's I've said that a lot. It's been a really dark, horrific time, you know, the whole world going through this together. But there's always a silver lining to things. And I think this is one of those silver linings, you know, that the whole culture, the way that we hopefully look how we work, you know, is is not so about a bum on a seat in an office um uh, yeah i know we've talked about it lots but it, it keeps coming up and i i really like to see that people are starting to embrace it more we always said that we wanted to be a remote team for as long as we possibly could and that there are times where we can see the benefits of being able to come together but there's lots of ways that you can do that and i just would hope that you know for where we live as well especially that things will start to pop up where you can you can actually, you know, huddle together for a day or a few hours mm. rather than not in the traditional hot desk in way either um, so that some new things, some new business ideas come up where you can actually, you know, work freelancing or as part of a small team but not be committed to an office space. Because even with the hot desk in comes contracts. I know where, where, where you live in Leeds it's different. You know, you can pop into lots of places, but where I am based in Teesside, you know, you've still got to commit yourself to a hot desk and contract. And you just don't want that. I just like to be able to rock up somewhere and say, oh, have you got a room? Have you got a desk? Yeah. Um, And if they have, they have. And if there was more choices available, you know, there'd be lots more collaboration and people meeting each other. And instead of us all just being hived off in these office spaces, I think it could work really well for lots of businesses. Yeah, I have this, like, image in my head of kind of us all emerging out of this pandemic. 
you know, we're all like coming out of our caves and it's like, yes, it's been horrendous, but we've all learned lessons and the world can improve. Um, and yeah, that's what I, that's just what I hope happens really. With all this hybrid working, I can go working wherever I can, you know, I've got a friend moving to Malta and I keep saying to her next summer, I'm going to come and work out from my laptop there for a month. If you don't, if she'll have me like all those kind of things. Um, yeah. Well, it's interesting as well, the article that I really enjoyed reading on in the New York Times, and, and obviously I put that in the show notes, you know, because of this, how how people are starting to think, you know, sort of halfway through the lockdown year, the variations of the lockdown year, people were wondering how they could, you know, redesign, reflow the positions of their existing offices. Now they're actually starting to think about, other things and in this article in the new new york times it was it was really interesting and some of the things that we've touched on as a team it's saying that digital whiteboards are likely to become more popular so workers at home can see what's being written in real time Uh that's some of the things that we've been trying to work on hasn't it so that together we can all see the projects and how our workflow is moving um so it's, it's interesting to see that people are having a similar mindset and going through I guess some of the pain thresholds that we're having to go through or have gone through as a remote team, um, modifications made to offices. Um, what was the other bit that I liked? It was about the, um, it was about where the, oh, let me just think, let me just find it. It was where, what did they call it? The her, holograms. Oh Yeah. Where the hologram, you, you just think every time I say this, like it's been in a movie or it's been in a television program forever. And, and you know, you always think, oh, I wonder if that'll have, ever happen. And then there we go, talking about it, the future of work and hybrid working, talking about holograms. What you're saying is, what you're saying is, so like we use Discord for comments. So I have to be sat here at my laptop. And I'm like, oh, I need to speak to my mum. I'll press a little button. Then you'll come up as like a little hologram out of Star Wars. Yeah. You know, like when the when the Jedi used to beam in and tell them what was happening. Exactly. We're like, oh hi. Exactly. But I wonder if you'd have to, have to let me through, or whether I could just pop in of my own free will. Can you imagine that? <laughs> and it also reminds me back in the day of, of Star Trek. You know, when they all used to stand in that. Yeah. And be like, you have got an. An incoming call from Sharon, I'll be like, oh, and I'll be like, what do you want? You'll be here in my room. And like, <laughs> I'll be there in my room as this floating hologram saying, yeah, have, you, have you tidied this room up yet? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting how already, and it, and it just goes to show you again, doesn't it, the, the human mind and, you know, how, how we function. It's already we're changing and adapting so well and so differently to things, and we're not only thinking about you know, going back to how it was, we're thinking about how we can take what's happened to us and take the best bits out of it and use it for the future. And that's what I think is really exciting. And I, I always say all this tech and this adaptation of tech and how we can move forward and do things differently. And I just think, oh, sitting, that trudge, like people are talking about literally saving thousands of pounds by not having to commute. 
um, you know, if you think about yourself working, I mean, you're, you live in a city, but even just you live in the city centre. So, you know, if, if we had an office in the city centre of Leeds, it wouldn't be a problem for you. But I'm just thinking about places in the big cities, especially London. You know, when you hear of friends who have to commute for hours on end um, and how much it costs them to get in and out of the city for a year. Like I read somewhere that this guy was saving himself six grand a year. It will be. It um, will be. It's like, well, I've just seen a a, um, a tweet from the editor of Empire magazine who, who lives and works in London. Her and her boyfriend have decided that they're moving to Manchester. Um, they don't need to, she doesn't need to be in the office every day. Um, it, and she just wants to be back in the north and try, like, she always thought she would have to be in London for a, that kind of journalistic job. Um, but... Apparently, one in seven people want to leave. Londoners want to leave London. And has this came about more because of what's happened, do you think? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, know, I've got a a very good old friend who's moved, who actually still has a a place, a home in London. But during the pandemic, she's moved and and bought a place up here. Um, She works for an American firm um, in London and... Again, she doesn't have to be in the office. They've decided that if you if you want to be in the office, you can be. If you don't have to be, obviously, at some point, she's still going to have to fly out to their their Europe offices to have meetings. I don't know. I guess maybe she might do them all on Teams, Zooms, or whatever else comes next. But she's actually spent the whole of the the last big lockdown up here in the northeast and has actually bought a property up here now. Yeah. So you know, everything is really changing, isn't it? It is. It's exciting because I I love the fact that some positivity and some change, change for good, can actually come out of a really bad time. And yeah. I just think as humans, that's that's how we always adapt, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And like you said, you said before, you know, the the big pandemic of the um, early twentieth century, the Spanish flu pandemic. Yeah. After that, it was the Roaring Twenties, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. So let's let's see what happens over the next couple of years. And then after that was the rise of the Nazis. So let's hope history. Oh doesn't my God! Let's hope history doesn't repeat itself too much like that. But cycles, yeah, cycles. Move on to our our first business cornery bit. We need a name. Business cornery. Well, business bits, business. So business. yeah, <laughs> the year end has gone, come and gone. We've had a great year. We had a first year fully merging with our third director Gary from Clear Chaos. We we've, got some ambitious, we've got some very ambitious targets for this new year. Um, and a lot of that is probably looking at our first hire. And so we're having lots of discussions about it, what it looks like. We've done like pros and cons lists for um, different, you know, should we get an apprentice? Should we get somebody who's more experienced? What do they look like? Like, what do they look like on paper? I mean, I'm not bothered what they look like. <laughs> So, yeah, we've had a lot of conversations about, you know, that first daunting risk of a hire and to well, grow. It's, it's weird in a way because, you know, we instead of hiring, we merged, didn't we? Yeah. And so we were responsible for two salaries, but then it was like a hire and that we were responsible for three salaries. So it's like a hire in some ways, but it was actually 
much harder than a hire because we were responsible for three quite hefty experience level salaries. So we wanted to get that right first, didn't we? We did. And then obviously we thought that the next hire will be somebody developer level, and that's possibly another big spend. Um, and they're always, you know, we were asking our accountant, weren't we, to work out fully for us what, you know, somebody on that type of salary, what we would need as a business for everything, you know, to have in the pot to be able to pay them mm-hmm. each month. And it's quite scary when it's when it's not, you know, when it's somebody on that kind of salary. Lots of decisions and then, you like, we put it off, then we, oh, no, we're going to do it, then we put it off another month, then we're going to do it. Because obviously working as a remote team, we want to get that right culturally right at the very beginning because that will be really important to us. You know, merging with Gary was, was different in that way. Um, but bringing somebody into the three of us working together and obviously Sarah, who's our associate, who works with us as well on lots of projects. So the four of us together and then bringing that fifth person in, um, that is really daunting because, you know, what worries me, I always think they'll come in for a short while and they'll go, oh, heck no, I'm not staying there. I don't like what they do. I don't like how they do that. Well, I just think trying to build a culture remotely is going to be a challenge. Like, you can, I think it's probably, that's probably one perk of having an office is you can build a culture more easily. Um, You know, we want them to be brand ambassadors. We want them to be excited to work with us. And how do you get that excitement when you can't, not, you're not necessarily offering a really cool place of work? I don't know. It's Well, obviously, we want the people who are embracing the remote dream, don't we? The remote working dream. Yeah. And I feel there'll be lots out there because, as you know, you can get lots done in the time that you would have been travelling. And and I want us to be flexible as well, providing that people can meet milestones and KPIs, you know, of, of throughout the workflow that I'm not bothered when they work. Obviously, there'll be a core time that I'd like them to be available when we're chatting on our comms and things. But other than that, I, I just want us to be totally flexible and just get the best people for the job. Yeah. You know, and and don't have too many restraints. Mm. Don't, don't want people to be tied down thinking, you know. So it's a, it's a big deal, isn't it, building a, a remote team? It is. Um, yeah. It's it's not as it's not easy, I don't think. So it'll be a challenge. So it'll be it'd be like a watch this space type of thing, won't it? And we're not saying, as we, as I've touched on earlier, we're not saying that we're never going to have an office. But an office to us doesn't look like an office, does it? It's very different. Um, I, I like to call it a drop-in centre, for want of a better better term. But it looks very different to your traditional office environment. Is what yeah. I'm about to say. Any more in this bit? I think that's our. Well, I, what we'll do, listeners, is we'll pick a challenge or something funny. I want to talk about networking experiences because I just think there's <laughs> that's, Pandora, that's Pandora's box. That that uh, is Pandora's box, and for the benefit of our listeners, Declan's role in the business is actually our marketing and business development director. So he's the one with all the stories. Although we do have lots of stories going back many years. Well, I certainly do, um, and I'm sure Gary can give his two penneth. I keep saying that word two penneth a lot. That's um, don't do your hair like that, 
Declan. <laughs> oh my god, you look like. I think we're gonna get a photo. Oh my god, look at your hair like that. I'm glad we're not visioning it. You put me off now. Sorry, I was getting um, bored. You know, we have lots of stories, but you, you're obviously out there doing doing the networking as as much as you can, or in the ways that you can throughout this, aren't you? You're you're finding it whole new experience so you've probably got lots of stories that to share i do i do are we done it reminds me of something that like a like um the way your hair's gone now you look it looks like oh, this does not hair. this does not translate to an audio it thing it doesn't translate to an audio thing an audio and a podcast episode but declan's playing with his sideburns <laughs> right are we done we're done we're done right thank you for listening to this episode of it's in the jeans podcast you can follow us both on twitter i am at declan williams underscore and mum is at before end it it's at it's in the jeans pod on instagram and at in the jeans pod on twitter you can follow our business at the digital gene across all socials please like share and write a review we were always going to ask for a review at the beginning. I know, I know. Just in case anybody doesn't last till the end, please write us a, a review. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye, see you next time. Well, I won't see you. you oh, I won't even hear you. You'll hear me. Oh, bye. 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 <laughs>